Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. I'm I'm very tired, but I'm good. Got back from Columbus for my dad's birthday and hopped straight on a call with William Wolkoff. So I've been going all day. How's William? He's great. He's just such um such like a cool dude. Every single person that I've talked to thus far from Bearcast has just been like the most interesting human being and like they all love Bearcast so much like it's just the coolest thing it's the coolest thing yeah my story with William was that um I, I got a call um I somehow admissions wanted me to talk to this student prospective student and his parents and they said that he went to Beechwood and that's all I knew and so I was talking to him for a while and then I'm like, well, hey, how about I come make a visit and I can, you know, meet you at, your, at school or whatever. And they're like, uh, really? I'm like, yeah, I live in Northern Kentucky and Beechwood is right there. And they're like, no, we're in Not Cleveland. Happy. Yeah. The different, the different Beechwood. And I'm like, ah, so now he's a good guy. He is for sure. Everybody's also spoken very highly of you. So um that should make you feel good well you picked the right people <laughs> the right people responded i guess so i guess how did this all get started like how <laughs> like i don't know like you're like what's the origin story of bearcast media well um i had been teaching at western carolina university down in the mountains of north carolina and uh been there about five years or so. My wife was from this region, so she was from Florence, Kentucky, and so I saw this job opening for the University of Cincinnati, and it mentioned that they wanted to start uh, a student radio station. And I had already been the faculty advisor to the radio station at Western Carolina. I had been a graduate student manager at the station at the University of Alabama when I was in grad school there. Uh, and the other elements of the job fit me really well. So I applied, I got the job, and I started in the fall of 1999. And part of my charge was to start this, this operation from the very beginning, knowing that it would be a streaming station and not a broadcast station. So um, I was given a budget of about $50,000 to equip it. And we had the three rooms uh, what is now sort of the lounge or office, the production room space, what is now the production room space, and then the on-air studio. So uh, early on, I was trying to figure out gear. And so I worked with a local broadcast engineer who helped out a lot in terms of selecting technology. Um, we got some of the furniture that's in there in the studio for uh, everything. That was another one that... Um, uh, was a, a good recommendation. And along the line, we started putting out calls to try to get organized and, to, you know, hey, we're going to do this and we want students involved and we need your feedback. And so um, the very first people that knocked on my door were um, engineering majors who were like, well, we saw that this is happening and we want to be involved. We want to make a positive impact on our campus, which was like, great answer. So uh, we had those folks and then of course, um, 
plenty of e-media majors that were involved early on. And so we had to get organized, we had to get equipment in, we had to make sure it could work. Uh, we had to think about the streaming part, which we hadn't done before. Uh, we also had a, a staff member at CCM who had done some work with streaming. So we were working with him to see what we could do. You know, that was back in the day when you had Windows Media Player, you had QuickTime, you had Real Player. Um, it, it wasn't as simple as it is now. And so we got that together and ultimately um, in the spring, we, we started testing the stream in December of 2000. And, but we technically went on a regular schedule of streaming in January of 2001. So that's how it started. That's cool. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of your baby at UC in a way. Like, it's like, you know, it's you, it's, you've started it. I mean, you really have been around and seen it grow. Like that was a really weirdly phrased statement, but I think you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, you I mean. I give credit to the, the faculty and the people um, that were here before me who recruited me because they were the ones that came up with the idea like we want to bring radio back because there was a student radio station way back in the day in the 70s and 80s um, called WFIB and it was what was called a carrier current station so it had this limited broadcast signal and uh, it was basically just the campus. Mm -hmm. And that went away. And then for many years, it was just, there wasn't anything. And so the faculty decided, hey, we want to bring radio back. And this was the way it happened. And so, yeah, I tell students all the time, hey, look, you're here for a brief period of time, but BearCast will remain. <laughs> and so treat it as such, right? It's something to take care of it, try to move it forward and then come back years later and just, you know, feel really good that you were a part of it. And that's kind of the way I feel too, which is like, yeah, I was a part of getting it started. And hopefully when I, after I retire and I can come back and it's still happen, it's still there and uh, I can feel good about that. Is it hard to believe that it's already been 20 years? Yeah all the people that you mentioned that you're interviewing, you know, again, it's like William Olkoff, you know, I remember that phone call of him when he was a high school senior. Um, the, the one that's crazy for me is Ed Johnson, who was the first general manager, who was an engineering major. And uh, uh, I remember Ed bringing his infant son into our meetings. And now I think his son is either a graduate or graduating or something from like Spelman University or something. I mean, he's, he's a grown man in and of himself. So yeah, that, that seems kind of crazy. Plus people like um, Toby Donahue, who's now teaching in e-media as an adjunct professor, was one of the first students involved in BearCast. So yeah, it's a little, it's a little crazy. So if you had to pick, because I'm sure you have a lot, if you had to pick like maybe your three favorite memories from BearCast, I'm going to put you on the spot and make you pick okay. three. I'm glad you weren't going to say three favorite people. That would be really hard. Um, 
three favorite memories. Well, one, well, maybe I'll hold off on number one because that was just, that was nuts. Um, one was we took a group to um, New Orleans for the radio show, the NAB, National Association of Broadcasters radio show. So instead of going to a student conference, we went to a professional conference and it happened to be in New Orleans. Um, there were all kinds of things that happened. First, I was just anxious the whole time because it's like college students on Bourbon Street, um, this, this is frightening. Plus everybody flew down except like two directors and they're like, yeah, we're gonna drive. And I'm like, oh, please just take, the, we'll pay for your flight, we'll do that. Just, you know, driving is dangerous. No, no, we're good, we're good. They got there, pulled in a parking garage and then ran over something and had a flat tire in the parking garage. So then they had to get some mechanic or somebody to fix their thing in the garage. That was crazy. We, um, let's just say we encountered an undercover police officer on Bourbon Street. And again, no one got arrested, but it was a little frightening. Um, but we had amazing food and um, had a great time. So that's one. Um, oh, let me think. I, I guess, you know, one, one thing that we did that I was involved in was one year we decided to do a show that was just about the NFL draft. So we had some guys that were sports kind of fanatics. And um, so we did this, we did our own mock draft. So we each had a team and we'd rotate around. And one of the students was uh, filming it, um, you know, as a part of a senior project. And um, that was the year that Tim Tebow came out. And so somebody in the draft picked Tim Tebow really high. We made fun of him and that was a really good time. It lasted forever, but it was a really good time. The, the one thing that might be the most memorable though is the day that, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with Pauly Shore, the comedian, and he's done quite a bit of acting. Um, you wanna look up Encino Man or something like that. So Pauly Shore showed up one day and one, wanted to be interviewed and it was like, okay. So we took him in and we had um, somebody that we probably should have interviewed. His name is Denny Daniel, who I think is by far the most, the biggest character maybe ever that's been associated with BearCast. He just, he was this big personality, uh, loved things like wrestling and, and video games and uh, anime and, and, and he was, he didn't necessarily have the greatest social skills in the world, but he was unafraid behind a microphone. I mean, Denny was just a really good personality. And so all of a sudden we throw Polly Shore in to talk with Denny and it was like a clash of Titans. I mean, Denny didn't care. He was just, I don't, I can't remember the conversation, but it was clear that Denny was not going to just be starstruck and he didn't back down. He was just 
lobbing things back and forth between those two and it was hilarious. And then I ended up escorting, um, Paulie wanted to go into a class. So I took him upstairs and I knew someone who was teaching our intro mass comm class, a good person. And I'm just kind of like pushed Paulie Shore into the classroom. And it was, that was nuts. That would, may have been the craziest day on BearCast. What are some of the kind of coolest projects, I guess, or success stories, maybe not even success stories, but like the coolest things that you've seen students like create in BearCast? Um, I always, obviously we've had tons of different music shows over the years. I always uh, appreciated when we had students that did something a little different. Um, so for instance, I know that you spoke to uh, Brandon Kisker, but his wife, Rachel, uh, not, they weren't married at the time, but um, Rachel did a show about food and about cooking and, and, and local restaurants. And so she would actually go out and, and like interview people, I think that were either running restaurants or uh, other students who had um, connected with a lot of um, restaurants in the area and give that kind of information to students, which I thought was great. You know, if you're a brand new student to UC and you don't know the area at all and you have somebody who can talk about good food around, that was kind of cool. Um, oh, I forgot one thing that may have also been, and this relates to content too, but it could have also been considered in one of the most memorable things in BearCast history. And that was, we had these two guys uh, that were doing a show that was about comedy. Uh, and they would actually, this had nothing to do with Pauly Shore, but they would have comedians come in who were coming through town. It might be, uh, we used to be a place called Go Bananas and other venues here um, and they would make a stop and do an interview on their show the show was called uh, here's the thing okay because you'll want to google that in a little bit and um, I thought it was again great right it's not just music based these two students were really funny in and of themselves but then they brought in these people who were doing who are great comics and then they would promote their show and it seemed like a great service to students as well. Well, one time uh, they got a, a message from this radio station in New York and it was New York City. And they said, um, yeah, we're looking at starting a show using the same name, here's the thing, but you guys have already secured the social media and all that. We're wondering if we can use it. Um, you know, we're not in the same market or anything like that. And they brought it to me, but they were savvy enough to know that they had something there that someone else wanted. And so we contacted the UC legal office and said, you know, I don't think they should just give this away. This is, you know, some big station in New York that wants this. And, uh, all I know, I, I didn't get into the negotiations, but they did get, I believe, some compensation for that. Uh, I don't know if it was enough to pay for a spring break trip or pay off some books. I have no idea. Um, 
But if you now look up, uh, um, here's the thing, it's a radio show slash podcast from Alec Baldwin. And so if we would have, if they would have known maybe that Alec Baldwin is in, was involved, they may have asked for more money. But that was really cool that they had created something, had a brand, had extended it to social media to the point where some major professional then wanted to use that mark and they knew what they had and they knew that they could negotiate and it was valuable. Queen City Sessions is something I'm really proud of. Uh, it, it also was my idea um, and it was something that I, I was inspired by a tiny desk concert from all songs considered an NPR. And I just felt like, you know, we could do this. You know, we can make this happen. This is not incredibly complicated. And so I think Queen City Sessions have been around for now eight or nine years. So, you know, you've obviously seen where BearCast has come from. You know, where do you want to see BearCast go? Well, I think the, um, there's one thing that I've thought about and talked to others on campus about. And, um, you know, this is, this is just one of those um, items that it's not something I can force because I think as a faculty advisor, I think that's, that's my role. I'm not the manager. I'm not a professional manager of it. Um, but when you think about lots of different media organizations out there, they have multiple elements to it. And of course, BearCast does with some video and the audio and podcast now and other things. But I think it would be a great thing if, if the University of Cincinnati would commit to a facility where you could combine efforts of, in particular, BearCast and the news record, the student newspaper. Um, so then you have a couple different things that could happen. You have an enhanced journalism component and connection to campus and service back to campus in, in that way. Um, you also have the ability to, to get more uh, potential sponsors of the organization because now you're um, aggregating audience. Uh, you have BearCast that brings the entertainment and the sport live sports, whereas News Record brings in the sports reporting probably a lot more than BearCast has done over the years. And it would be great if all of that could work out into a new facility. You know, we were very limited in space and it would be great whether it was, you know, something in the Steger Student Life Center. Uh, I was, I had made an inquiry about the old Starbucks that was um, there across from the rec center and that's going elsewhere, I guess. But um, I think it's, it, it's about time that a new facility would be great. And if it could be consolidated and you'd have this um, combined efforts, even if they were still separate, but very well connected uh, I think it'd be great to have uh, the news record and Bearcast Media really working together a little more closely in a brand new space. What's great is, you know, Bearcast, from the beginning, we never really thought of it in terms of 
training DJs, right? People are going to go out and be on-air personalities because even in the early days, in the early 2000s, those jobs were kind of going away because of automation systems and syndication and things called voice tracking in, in the broadcast industry. So we always wanted to think about allowing people to have opportunities to get experience that could help them ultimately get a job in web design, in marketing, in um, um, you know, music production and sound recording and things like that. And so it's been really fulfilling to, to see a lot of the folks that have gone on into, you know, their careers where some of their, um, I'd say that at least some of their, um, um, you know, what they were able to acquire in terms of talents and, and things for their portfolio may have come from, from Bearcast. Um, sports, like William Wolkoff did a lot of sports. Um, uh, same thing with Brandon Kisker. And I, and I always remember, again, going all the way back to the beginning and Ed Johnson telling, telling me that uh, he had an interview with Sikorsky Helicopters and that they were fascinated that he was the general manager of a student radio station. They talked about it for like 30 minutes. And, and that's why I think it's also, especially for like people like you and other directors over the years, it's about leadership too. It's about how do you learn to guide an organization, to get other people to kind of work together. It may be your first opportunity to do that. And uh, th those things I think are extremely valuable for any student organization, quite frankly, and certainly for Bearcast too. So it's it's been fulfilling to kind of watch the people go and then come back and um, like anybody like me that's involved in education, you always feel great when you see students go on and have success. I go back and I look at the policy manual that we created many, many years ago. And we basically created like a mission statement, uh, a purpose statement for Bearcast. And it was, you know, to become an indispensable service to the University of Cincinnati students. And I think that's still something to strive for. You know, if Bearcast went away, what would the, not just the people who have volunteered with Bearcast, but the entire student body, would they um, really be disappointed or would they not know that it happened at all? And so I think that's something that I think is, um, all leaders in Bearcast ought to keep in mind is how can we become uh, more relevant to the students at UC?